Hi. Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we'll take a look at a tradition unlike any other. The Masters begin on Thursday. Oh, what a weekend this is going to be with the playoffs and with the golf. Oh, my gosh. Perfect. Garth Goodbranson of Golf Manitoba and the Manitoba Bisons will join me as well. Kevin Serret of the Manitoba Junior Hockey League stops in from Portage Game 3 of the Turnbull Cup. They also held a showcase for U.S. players who maybe want to play in the MJHL. We'll talk to him about that on the podcast. The 2019 Masters begin tomorrow in Augusta, Georgia. The tradition unlike any other, when the greens just pop off your TV screen, you feel like spring is really here. So to look ahead, I'm joined by Garth Goodbranson, coach of the Manitoba Bisons golf team, also the director of player development for Golf Manitoba. Now, before we get to the Masters, Garth, did you uh, catch any of the magic from Corey Connors last weekend? Unfortunately, I didn't. I was uh, I was at the golf show on the weekend, and uh, I was trying to follow it on Twitter, so it was pretty exciting. And then kind of texting back and forth with Derek Ingram, it was... Uh, I wasn't watching it, but I was sure uh, keeping tabs on what was happening. So it was a fantastic showing. So we get to go to the Masters, a limited field, of course. I think it's about 85 players take part in the Masters. And how how awesome is this time of year for you as a golfer? Not just because, you know, the snow is melting, golf season's coming up, but the Masters are on soon. Yeah, it's really exciting. You know, it's funny how it just uh, this weekend, it's like the golf season starts. I know we won't be open here in Manitoba, but... You know, people are just so excited about it. It's, uh, you know, there's golf courses having uh, master pools and what have you, and it's just a, a great time of the year, and, and people just know that the season's around the corner. Kind of feels like the unofficial start of spring, right? Yeah, exactly. I think that uh, probably puts it best, you're right. So what is it about the Masters that, you know, ma- separates it from the three other majors? Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, I wish I could say I've been there. I can't say I have, but, you know, when you when you watch it on TV and you hear people uh, talk about, I mean, there's everything so positive about uh, the players love playing the golf course. For one thing, it, you know, it's uh, they're all thrilled just to play there. Uh, you know, TV does it up. So right. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's just great to watch. Um, the course is perfect. You know, it just, uh, and I guess probably for us, especially even more of the time of year, you know, it gets us more excited. Um, it's just one of those events that, uh, you know, you can kind of compare it with you're talking the Stanley Cup or you're talking uh, the Super Bowl or, or whatever, the World Series. I mean, it's just, it's the creme de la creme. So is that on your all-time bucket list then to get down there some year? Well, it would definitely be nice to do that. That's one thing, <laughs> you know, you always wish you you could do. Uh, talk to I know a lot of people who have been there and, uh, you know, they just speak so highly of it. And I think the one thing I always hear them say is that, they can't believe how uh, you know how the elevation changes so much there. Mm. They're they're very surprised. We don't uh, we can see some of it on TV, but uh, they're also surprised just the elevation change. And the greens are very difficult here. A lot of elevation changes too. And they I know they do have some uh, some systems that even if it rains, they can drain the greens. So it's going to be pretty bouncy no matter what. Yeah, for sure. It's always going to be consistently difficult. No doubt about that. So Rory McIlroy is, I think, listed as the favorite for this weekend's tournament. It's the one major he doesn't have. He's got a bit of a checkered history at the Masters. Is he a player we should look for to, to maybe give a run, finally get the green jacket this weekend? I think you have to. I think, 
you know, he's the guy who I want to win. I'll be honest. Well, for like I said, like to have Corey Connors winning as anybody, but if uh, if not him, it's you know definitely uh, I'd like to see Rory win. Um, you know, he's got a great attitude. He's a great player. He's come close. He's uh, got the experience of contending, and it's almost like he's uh, due for it now. He's got the background to do it, and uh, we'll see this weekend if he does. And he's playing. He's had a pretty good year. I know he he finally got a win a couple weekends ago after some. You know, good first three rounds and then not exactly closing on Sunday. But he's been one of the best golfers in the world in 2019. Yeah, I agree with you there. He's uh, he's had a great year, and uh, it's such a fine line when you're getting to that kind of ability at, at the courses that they're play on. I mean, it's just such a fine line. And you know, sometimes we think, oh, you know, he blew it on the back nine or something. But there's just great players out there, and uh, you can still play fantastic and 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 not win. So that. Uh, that can happen as well, too. There was a stretch where Jordan Spieth was right up there every year at the Masters, and then he had that blow-up uh, on 12. That cost himself a green jacket when Danny Willett won it back in 2016. Where is he at right now? Is he a player that we're kind of forgetting about? Yeah, I think that tends to happen. You know, uh, I mean, it's just only natural. Everybody's so about the now. They that you know, things can change in a heartbeat. And, uh you know, you look at, you know, any golfer uh, of any ability, when they start playing good, you know, they're hard, you know, they're, they're, they're going to shoot fantastic to whatever level they're at. And, uh, I mean, let's face it, he's got a great history. He's, he's got some great experience and he's a great player. So, you know, uh, I just, you can't really count anybody out because uh, they're just too good. You can't talk about the Masters or golf really without talking about Tiger Woods. He won the Last tournament of the season last year, the the memorable followings of all the fans, it was a reminder yeah. of days gone by. However, his game right now, is it at a spot where he can actually contend to win this thing? Well, you know, when I think of Tiger, I mean, he just loves playing this event. I mean, he loves the pressure. He loves being in there. I would never rule him out by any means. You know, there's no way I would. Uh, it's, I mean, when people check the leaderboard, I'm sure that uh, he's one of the first names they look to see where he is. Absolutely. And it, there's no arguing that a Sunday at Augusta or at any tournament is just exponentially more compelling if he's on the first page of the leaderboard. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. I'm sure the ratings go through the roof when uh, when people tune in to see where he is. I mean, they'll be through the roof at this event no matter what, but if he's there, it just gives people all the more reason to, to watch it. It's hard to believe, though, that it's been 14 years since Tiger Woods won the Masters. I know. It kind of ages you, doesn't it, sometimes when, when you realize how long it's been. But, again, he's such a great player. He's got such a great story. He's, uh, yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me if he's there on Sunday. So for uh, the Manitoba golf community, how long do we roughly have to wait till we could get out on the green? Still at least a month, right? No, I, you know, I kind of always think of, you know, in the years, generally an average year is somewhere between the 15th and 20th. So, you know, I, I, it's definitely not going to be the 15th by any means, but, you know, I, I would like to hope maybe between the 20th and 27th, probably close to the 27th, but just as a, as a number, somewhere in there, it, you know, once it goes and we get some good weather, you know, it can change quickly. We just really haven't had that 12 to 15 degree weather and uh, we just need a, a good few days like that and uh, you'll definitely see a noticeable difference. Well, I look forward to getting out there and spending probably the whole weekend on the couch this weekend watching both playoff hockey and the Masters, and I, I know a lot of people out there will be doing the same thing. 
Yeah, I'll be one of them too, for sure. <laughs> All right, Garth. Well, I appreciate your time tonight and uh, enjoy the Masters. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You too. Game three of the Manitoba Junior Hockey League's Turnbull Cup Championship Series tonight in Portage as the Terriers host Swan Valley with the series even at a game apiece. Joining me from Portage is Kevin Surrett, Director of League Operations. And Kevin, game two on Saturday, it was a 6-5 win for Swan Valley at home. How exciting was that for the league? Yeah, I mean, it was. it's obviously, I think we all thought uh, that it's, this is going to be a close series. And, you know, it, it's starting off that way already, being tied at one and I know Swan had a had a three nothing lead actually, and the Terriers you know clawed back into it, and they actually the Terriers had the lead late in the third, and Swan tied it to force overtime, and and then it ended up winning on the power play. So, I mean, overtimes are always exciting, and it just shows how closely matched these teams are, and you know which sets up a, a huge game three tonight in Portage, and you know it's it's always a, a pivotal game when, when you're when they're tied one one to see who's gonna take that next step and, and take the lead. And it's different than, say, if you go into game 3-1-1 in an NHL series because the first two games are in one location. Different when you're alternating 1-3-5-7 you know, and seven are in Portage and then 2-4-6 are in Swan. Yeah, exactly. So they, uh, you know, each game they just prepare for, for one road game at a time. And, and, you know, with this series, we do have some time. We did have some time to work with, so the games are, are spread out. So the teams have, have lots of rest in between and, and it just will allow for, for teams to be ready and rested and will allow for obviously, you know, heightened hockey and should be exciting expecting a, a huge crowd in Portis tonight. And, you know, as we go on forward here and what it's been the last, since basically the semifinals started, it's been full buildings and um, it'll be another really exciting, exciting game tonight. And it's really about who blinks first at home. I think in their, all their matchups this season, there's just been one win by a road team. That was Swan and Portage earlier in the season. So it's it's kind of a matter of who breaks the serve here, right? Yeah, exactly. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting to to see what happens tonight. And and like you said, right now Portage has that home ice, but it, it's like tennis. It's who's gonna break serve first and. Um, yeah, it's just really good for the league overall to have, you know, one and two facing off in the finals. And it's great for for Swan Valley to, you know, I think it's their first time in the finals, maybe second. And, and for that community and organization, you know, it means so much. They've worked so hard to, to get to this point. And, and obviously with the Terriers, they're uh, perennial contenders for the Cup. And, you know, they're a beast in, them, in themselves. So it's really a neat dynamic for the league. And it just shows you know, how competitive it's getting from top to bottom. And, and like I said, uh, you know, you see, uh, you follow on social media, uh, the Swan Valley Stampeders and, you know, the community that's behind them, fans are sending in their, you know, pictures with themselves wearing Stampeders apparel. And I saw this morning that there was a huge send off in the community for, for Swan leaving for Portage with kids and the schools, you know, lined up on the streets and videos of, of the kids waving. So it's really neat to see. I mean, it's just a testament to what, you know, what that organization has done over the last few years and the, the work they've put in. And, and again, the Terriers, they're, they're a beast and they're, they're ready to roll themselves and they've been there before and, you know, they're hungry for, for another title as, as they always are. 
Well, coming into this year, they had only won five playoff series in their history. They had never been to a finals before until this year. So getting that first win, getting it on home ice, getting it in overtime must have been just a, a huge lift to that community. I think so, yeah. And it shows, you know, it probably shows for them themselves mentally that, that they belong. And it's one of those ones, if they would have lost that overtime game, all of a sudden they're down two to Portage going back to Portage. So just in itself, that was a massive win for them in the series and, and for their confidence and, and, like you said, for the community. Now, uh, away from the uh, Turnbull Cup final here, the league also was uh, busy down in Grand Forks uh, just a few days ago from the 5th to 7th. You were you held a, a U.S. identification camp for players in the States. Uh, this is the second year the league has done this. Why, why hold this event? Well, it's just, you know, a few different things. Obviously, American players are allowed to play in our league. Each team is is eligible to dress six Americans um, have on their roster and, you know, six for a total of 66 in the league each year. And this past season we had uh, close to 45 American players in the league and you're watching some of these teams, you know, they have some very good American players that are playing prominent roles on, on their team. And it's just, you know, if, it's just an area we want to, you know, grow our brand, and 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 uh, it also provides another opportunity for for American players. It gives them another option. You know, they have two very good junior options in the states and in the USHL and the NHL. But you know, why not? Why not give them information on on another very good option? And we obviously want to want to attract the best American players possible to, which will just heighten the competition within our league. So this is the second year, and you know this year we had four teams. We had just over eighty players attend from from ten different states, and it was it was really neat environment to see. It's obviously in the Ralph Engelstead, which is you know they're just been unbelievably accommodating for us. Uh, it's one of the best buildings in North America. Um, they get you know treated like pros for the weekend, and the other part of it too is it gives them a chance to showcase themselves. So. All of our all of our teams send representatives to to the camp and they're scouting and you know they're they're listing players from the camp they're inviting them to spring camps and main camps and it's just uh, you know we're just trying to grow the league in every aspect we can and and it, we're trying to provide you know information and, and another option to American players and and it gives our coaches a chance to to get down and, and talk to these families and these players and. Um, just really grow the brand in in a market that is, you know, is massive. The USA hockey is just exploding, and there's really, really good players everywhere now in the states. So, you know, we're just trying to also tap into that for as American players are eligible to play in our league. And I imagine a lot of these players are coming from the adjacent states like North Dakota and Minnesota. Yeah, I would say, you know, probably of this camp, 60-70% were North Dakota, Minnesota. So for them, you know, it's it's a real benefit in the sense that, you know, they live fairly close to Manitoba. Their families can, can get out and watch games. You know, generally living in Minnesota or North Dakota or Manitoba, there's not really much of a culture change at all. It's something they're used to. And, and a nice option for them is, you know, sometimes if they do go to a Sometimes they'll get listed or protected by a team in Texas, you know, where their travel is, you know, they're on the road for days at a time. They're 
as far as you can get from home where the MJHL provides them, you know, an environment that's, that's closer to home. And, you know, most game nights, our teams are, are back after the game sleeping in their own beds. And so it's just, uh, you know, just giving them that information and, and letting them know that there potentially is another option for them. And, you know, like you said, a lot of the kids that are in our league right now are from those two states, but you look at some of the rosters and there's kids from, you know, Texas, Arizona, California, Connecticut, Wisconsin, Colorado. Um, so it's really neat to see, you know, seeing more and more players from, from different states uh, taking the MJHL option. Well, Kevin, I appreciate your time tonight. Uh, game five of the series would be next Tuesday, so it could be over by the time we get to next Wednesday. Hopefully it's not. Hopefully we get a nice long series. So uh, enjoy game three tonight. Enjoy the Turnbull Cup final. Okay, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, and uh, we'll talk soon. Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mell and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes, not available on Google Podcasts, not available anywhere you get your favorite podcasts yet.